Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, RingCentral makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at RingCentral.com. RingCentral. Simpler communications. Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in to In the Marbles. This is our 24th episode. I'm Matt Beamer. we got a great show in store for you today. We're going to cover the races at Fontana, preview the races in Phoenix, and also talk to Kyle Summers from Indiana. Let's get into it. Episode 24, can you believe it? I can't. I can't either, but great intro music. Thank you. I, and some new changers have come in here to end the marbles, and uh, this is but one of many here. Hopefully here in the next week, we'll be starting our beta testing for YouTube, and I am looking forward to that. There's a lot of moving parts to that, a lot more than just a podcast. Well, I don't, what do you mean? Well, I got to get the video caption card for the camera, for the computer to make sure they sync up. I got to make sure the audio works so we can sync up to everything. Okay, I understand now. But how's it been, Preston? It's good. Worked 48 hours and I mean, I don't look tired, but I feel like it. You look tired. You look like crud. Well, (laughs) I don't know, man. I just, I got this weird, like. Stomach bug the coronavirus? Day? No, not the coronavirus. You need to calm <laughs> down over there. I'm getting too worked up about that dang coronavirus, which is just all over the place now. Which which is affecting quite a lot. In fact, we're gonna get into that in the news here. We might as well just hit the ground running, Preston. Okay, auto racing news. So big one, speaking of the coronavirus, I meant to mention this last week. But failed to do so. The Japanese, or sorry, the Chinese Grand Prix 
It's being scrubbed because of this virus. Yes, that's right. I do remember seeing something about that. But an interesting turn here, a track threw its name into the hat of a race to replace it. And I'm going to give you a chance to guess which one it is. Well, classic F1 track. Oh, okay. So it's not going to be in America. No, it's not going to be in America. Oh, geez. Uh, I don't know. Imola. I don't know if I've ever... Imola. You, you know what Imola is. It's um, where Ayrton Senna died in 94. Uh, no. It's in Italy. Okay, thank you. Okay. That, that helps me So Italy better. will be getting two Grand Prix if this goes through as well as America or well, United Italy's States. Italy's having problems with the coronavirus too now. Yeah, it seems like... And I've, I've read, I can't confirm the sources. And you know how you join these Facebook pages. And you see it all over Twitter. Yeah, and you can't really confirm it. But it looks like Ferrari's going to have trouble leaving the country, going to Australia here in the next couple of weeks Uh-oh. or a couple of days. That's not good. Which would be a big bummer. This coronavirus is getting everybody all crazy. Yeah, it's really affecting a lot of things. So you got anything or should I just keep rolling here? Well, what else do you have? So... Last week, we talked about Angela Ruck's little comments. Okay, I'm curious to see where this goes. So after that, after we aired the episode and we made a big fuss out of it, it turns out that it was her husband. Angela got on there and stated that this that wasn't me. That was my husband oh, who geez. did that. What? But she thanked him immensely for Come the support. She ma- thanked him immensely for the support. Well, that doesn't make it any fun anymore. No, it's not cool. No, it doesn't make it any fun. That's I thought lame. Angela was going out there like, yeah, look yeah, at me. I'm, I'm getting this. But no. she did not do that. That uh, that upsets me. Just a little it upsets me as well. Still kind of a crazy turn of events there. I, of course, read that right after I aired the episode, like I said. So it, it really wasn't. It's was kind of egg in the face, I guess you could say. Yeah. Well, uh, some other things that came out of the race, well, actually, over the weekend before the race, uh, JTG and Dougherty Racing's uh, both crew chiefs on both cup teams were ejected yeah. before Saturday's uh, qualifying, I think it was, which is crazy. A and they also of- got fines as well. I think there was 10 points taken away from both teams. Yeah, and we talked points. about that last week where you don't want that to happen. No, you not don't. This, not at any point in the season, especially so early into the season. Right, right, right. Everybody's trying to get an edge, though. But I did see that during the race yeah. coverage on uh, Sunday. Mm-hmm. On Sunday. But then I saw something here. Bob Pockrass uh, stated that a new 550 horsepower engine will be out in the year 2023. But electric components, which ha- which has to deal with the energy stored under braking and caution, could be out added before. That's going to be interesting. Yeah. But it could be though that energy stored can be used for a race. So I'm thinking a push to pass is in the NASCAR's future here. Are you talking about like a um, uh, almost similar to like the system that like Formula One uses? Yeah, you remember the Kurs? Well, it, what's it now? I don't know what the, it's called. Um, I know they have a push to pass system in Formula One. Yeah, where if you're within somehow. a second of somebody, and the, well, that's DRS. Oh, okay. So there's something else. I'm sorry. And the only reason I know that is because on YouTube or in, on Netflix, they have a uh, that new series out called Drive to Survive. Oh, did I know that? Well, it's in their second season. It covers Formula One teams from preseason testing to how come I have the end of the stumbled season? across that yet? I don't know. Drive to Survive. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look that up. Oh, it, it will kill your day. 
I didn't even I, know I watched such it, thing existed. I watched it all in one day. It was great. Oh. A lot of people got mad at it, especially those involved with it. Right. Like Max Verstappen, from what I read, got a little upset with it. And Gunter Steiner, I believe his name is, a team principal for Haas, got a little mad with it. But, man, Netflix can't help it if you run poorly or do something wrong. Um, you know, it's whatever. Did you see Eric Jones has put his thrown his name into the hat now for that? I did not. The bounty, the $100,000 bounty. That came know, out today, I believe. I do know somebody extended it to truck regulars now. Oh, 50000 okay. Okay. So it's 100000 for a cup driver and 50000 for a truck regular that's coming into the bounty now. That's that's going to be interesting to watch here over the next few weeks. Curious to see how that will turn out. I don't have a hey, man, but I got a heck of a debate here. Okay. Uh, and I think you know where this is going. Oh, I think I do know yeah. where this is going. On Monday, it was announced yep. NASCAR will go to a one lug nut wheel. Yes. What are your thoughts on that? Well, to be honest, okay, so I was kind of on the fence. In the only regards I was on the fence as to why was I feel it'll take away from pit stops standpoint. You know, it won't be as exciting. We don't have crew guys changing five lug nuts on a tire. I mean, that's that's where a lot of the racing is done in the races. Races are won and lost up at road. And that's no matter what series it is, it's exactly. that's the case. So, you know, moving to a single one lug nut, it's almost like Formula One. And some people are, you know, they're complaining like, oh, why is NASCAR trying to be like Formula One, blah, 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 this and that, that and this. I could have found plenty of heymans, but there was so much, so many comments yesterday. I was like, I don't know which one to pick because people were really going at it. They didn't yeah. like it. I asked, I asked people what they thought. They said, you know, what do you expect? Now, I know that NASCAR is supposed to be going to a larger size tire next season. It is an 18-inch rim. Right. So, uh, I can't remember who I saw on Twitter that had said it, but they said that this single lug nut is supposed to make it safer because if they were to keep five lug nuts, <clears throat> excuse me, five lug nuts on a tire and you were to have one loose, it would make it more dangerous for that tire to come come, <clears throat> come completely off. Right. I guess there's going to be so much force exerted onto that 18-inch wheel that right. that is the case. And I actually posted a poll on Twitter and saying single lug nuts. What do you what do you guys think? 40% said bad move. 40% said looking forward to it, and 20% said don't care either way. But that's out of five votes. Mm-hmm. But there's still six days to go on that one, on that poll, if you want to go out there and let your voice be heard on that. But I, I don't mind it. And, and after hearing why they're doing this, and I got a couple sound clips I'm going to play for you, after hearing why they do this, it makes perfect sense. So I'm going to go ahead and just roll a sound clip and forgive the voice. It's kind of a robotic, like kind of monotone voice. It's it's weird. It's not. It doesn't sound even human. But I'm going to go ahead and roll it. John Probst, NASCAR senior vice president of innovation and racing development, said the move away from a 15-inch steel wheel was part of an overall goal to provide more relevance and a stronger correlation to today's production cars with an 18-inch wheel, but that a strong enough fastener that could hold up under high-speed conditions was a necessity. For us, we felt like from a standpoint of the wheel is that we wanted to get to an 18-inch wheel. An aluminum wheel. This this report was by Zach Albert from NASCAR.com, and pretty much what NASCAR is saying, they wanted to go to an 18-inch wheel, which makes sense because a lot of cars now on the road have the 18-inch wheel. 
Yeah, and it's also, we're going to an aluminum wheel as well. To my little knowledge that I have of metals, I would think aluminum is a lot softer than steel. Yeah. So I'm thinking the forces behind that, the lateral forces and that go into turning a car for 500 miles, 400 miles, 500 laps at Bristol would naturally upgrade that wheel from steel to what they want to do and go aluminum, make it stronger or make it stronger. I mean, I don't even know how to even put that. I honestly don't know either. But I got an, I got another sound clip from the same guy from uh, Zach Albert on, on this issue. I wanted to play it as well. Once you get to an 18-inch aluminum wheel, the next step for us is to make sure that from a durability standpoint under racing conditions is that it will accept the durability that we need to finish races and then also finish multiple races. To do that, the single nut was our only option. It sounds to me that their hands were kind of forced and they, they're doing it in the, from the standpoint of safety. Okay. Oh, as as in um, they don't want the wheel coming flying off. Right. 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 At, yeah. During practice and qualifying and stuff, and the car is ninety nine percent done compared as far as what it needs to go towards to be complete. The car is almost there. Well, this could also be a standpoint as on pit road, you have lug nuts flying off cars when they are changing tires, and they're not just coming off very slowly. I mean, the torque that is in these. Air guns, I mean, these lug nuts are flying off, and they're all over pit road. You got guys just peeling their way out of pit boxes. I don't, I mean, I've never been down on pit road before, so I don't know if lug nuts are flying when they're running them over as they're spinning tires or not. I'm sure there have been cases of people getting hit by lug nuts. Right. Now, I mean, it all, now it will take away from the standpoint to the fans that they don't get to collect lug nuts on pit road anymore. And so if you get lug nuts, you got treasure right there, a piece of NASCAR history. Right. I mean, I have a few lug nuts back at home. I don't think you'll take away from anything, though. According to NASCAR, it's going to be the same format in pit stops. Nobody's losing anybody. It isn't going to be like open wheel where they have four tire changers and four tire carriers and stuff. It isn't going to be like that. No, no, no. It's going to be still right side to left side unless we're at Watkins Glen where it's left side to right side. Yes. So I don't think we're going to be losing anything. I'm curious to see. If anything, that makes it just makes the pit stops what like a couple it, of seconds faster maybe. Maybe, because you're going to have to make sure that's on there well. So you're right. probably going to have to torque it on there a couple of, well, longer than it would take to. Well, I mean, have we, have they come out with what it's going to look like? The wheel? Well, no, not the wheel, the lug nut itself that we're talking about. I don't know. Line. Okay, so. It's still to be. I've the, seen the wheels. Yeah, the wheels look good. I mean, like, I'm curious just to see, in general, the whole Gen 7 setup. And what everything's, how everything will go. I think everything's going to be fine. I think a lot of people hear single lug down and do think open wheel. Yes. I, you know, like I said, I, I couldn't really come up with a hey man, but. And when I first saw it, it's like, man, you're, you're copying Formula One in Indy. Right. But after hearing what Zach Albert reported, the clips I just played you, I don't, I don't see anything wrong with this. Yeah. You know, people are just going to complain the entire time. Like I said, I saw on social media. The same comment we always see. NASCAR died 15 years ago, what, however many years ago these people say, but you know what? Then why not just say NASCAR's dying now too? Well, I got, no, NASCAR's you, not you're dying. You're not going to please everybody. Here's the problem, I feel. NASCAR's in the Stone Age compared to te- uh, auto racing like Formula One and Indy. Mm-hmm. Indy, Formula One in particular, is so far ahead of its time that companies like Mercedes and Everybody who's involved with that, Honda, are getting stuff out of it. 
Whereas how much more can a Chevy, Toyota, and Ford get out of racing than it, that it doesn't already have right. of us just standing stagnant? These electrical components coming out in the engine, I'm looking forward to seeing. These single lug nut wheels isn't going to take away from the fact that it's still NASCAR. Yeah. I've just had to come to the realization that for a while, even last year, I was getting very upset with NASCAR, but now I've come to the point that I just have to accept the changes that are happening. And Yeah, if you're a fan of the sport... You just have to go with it. That's all it is to it. And everybody thinks they have the golden idea to change everything and make everything right, Yeah, I, I think. Mm-hmm. And I have my ideas and opinions, but who cares what I think? NASCAR is going to make the ultimate decision. Yeah, I'm on the fan council. I can vote, and I haven't seen any type of opinion towards a single lug nut, but I bet it will be out here soon, and I'll give my honest opinion. I don't care. Yeah, As long as I can go to a NASCAR race and enjoy myself, I don't care. Now, did, we, did you also see, it was brought up to me, my Maples, uh, the new, uh, what was it? The number on the, the decals I, on the side of the car. I, I, think I did vote on that. Did you? I did see that in the fan council. And they had many different positions on the number. So you had the normal regular door number where it was on the door. But then you also had it at the lower quarter panel. You also had it by the smaller number at the door to give more space for sponsors and stuff. Right. But naturally, I voted to have... The driver's number on the door. Because that's how it's always been. Because that's how it's always been. Don't go ch- pointing more real estate for sponsors. My goodness, they got a hood. They yeah. got a deck lid. Mm-hmm. You don't need to do that. That's not what I like. It, you know, make scoring for the people in the infield doing scoring a pain in the butt. Right. What, what car was that? I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, uh yeah, the one that's got Target on the side of it. Oh, thanks. That could be two cars in the field, like we've seen with Penske with Pennzoil. Uh, right. Three of them have got Pennzoil on them. I mean, I voted for that. Personally, I thought that was the way to go. So I, w- I wanted to touch on something real quick because we, you know, we got past that whole aluminum wheel, the lug nut debate. And- yeah, which comes down to it. The final word on that debate, I don't mind it. I don't mind it either. It, okay. It's, we have to accept it. It's not even just accepting it. It's just, I don't mind it at all. Yeah. We're still going to have pit stops. Maybe they'll be a little bit faster, but like you said, it's not, we're not completely going to formula one where we're going to have four guys sitting there. Yeah. It isn't going to be a three second pit stop. Yeah, exactly. It's not going to be a three second pit stop, but as Toby Christie put on Twitter, he said for everyone upset, a key reason NASCAR moved to one lug from five is that the aluminum wheels lose 30% durability when a lug nut is left loose. So using five lug nuts would give you a huge chance of your favorite driver breaking a rim on their car, and you don't want that. That's or any drive. That's a sa- that becomes a safety issue. Exactly, and that's uh, maybe why NASCAR was moving to it, anyways. All right. Yep, yeah, and that's what that's the way I saw it. I don't have the numbers, nor am I an engineer. No, we're not. We're just. I'm just a couple guys. We're just a couple guys who like to talk racing. Yeah, and that's all I got to say about that debate. I, I guess now it's as good as time to cover the races, a dominating races right. for a few drivers. Green, green, green. Fontana. Fontana. Bowman was the class of the field. Yes, he was. That I did was not see I did not see that coming. He led a hundred and ten laps of a two hundred lap event. Ryan Blaney, the second 
car who was to class at a field until he had a pit late for tires, mm. left 54 laps. So between them, 164 laps led. Of the 200 Of the run. 200. Those two, I, I thought, were going to go door-to-door at the end, which would have been great if Blaney didn't have an issue. But Bowman dominated. Stage one victory, stage two second place in the race win. Jimmy Johnson's last race there. Very cool to see him do that in the front of the field, doing that five-white salute. Yes. And his kids and wife waving the green flag. That was pretty cool. But what do you think of that race? I enjoyed it. It, you know, when we get around to rating the race, I don't really have it very high. I think there was one caution outside of the stages. Very clean race. Yes. Which I would have liked to see him bunch up at the end, but that's just not how it works sometimes. It was a little interesting to see the the tire issues that were occurring. Yes. And that it I, seemed like tires played a big role in that and they're going to play a big role next week in Phoenix. Yes. So I was hoping that Ryan Blaney was going to catch Bowman. You know, we were, I was listening on the broadcast. They were talking about, you know, if Ryan Blaney, Ryan, excuse me, if Ryan Blaney is smart knowing that you run too hard, your tires are going to start you know, coming apart, why isn't he putting pressure on Bowman to start running hard? Because Bowman was kind of laying back towards the end anyways. They knew that they needed to get there, but they didn't need to, you know, put the hammer down all the way to get there. And, of course, he had that five-second lead at one point, and then once Blaney started falling off, and then he had to come to pit road because his tire, the cords were coming right off the tire. You could see it. Yep. And what well, Kyle Busch was... 10 seconds back, I think, in second yeah, place at that point. So it, didn't, point. it didn't matter either way. But. Unless a caution came out or Bowman messed up or blew a tire. Yeah, that's, you know, that's funny. One of the things that kind of bugs me when I'm watching races is that every time they get down to towards the end, they always got to shoot it to Larry McReynolds, who's got to give them the stats about a caution coming out. I like that. I don't. It's annoying. Oh, you, you don't like that? I, <laughs> I, I like it's that. It's annoying. <laughs> it gives you something to kind of look forward. I like the trends of the races. I like the trends, but... Lately, when I'm watching these races and Larry McReynolds has got to come in and they got to throw it to him and he's got to talk about when the cautions come out, I always think, oh, maybe I, maybe a caution is going to happen. And then it doesn't happen. So it's always a letdown. And I'm like, ah, why It's do not I have always to hear a letdown. It? Sometimes Larry Max right. Sometimes, but not all the time. But holy cow, uh, Bowman dominated. Matt Benedetto had a great run that day, finished 13th. Tyler Reddick, very good run, 11th. And Ryan Blaney finished, ended up finishing 19th. Penske had a great showing there. Keselowski led the field there for the most part with Logano falling off there towards the end. And then the Bush brothers finished second and third. But overall, it was a good race. For me, I'm going to rate the race. I'm gonna, I gave it an eight. Okay. Yeah, with the highest being memorability of nine of just Alex Bowman just dominating. Right. The rest I gave eights and one seven. Or intensity. Because really only the intense parts were after the restarts. Yeah. But once Bowman took the lead, some, he hit a button and he was gone. I gave it a 7.5 out of 10 altogether. Okay. I just, well, it just, wasn't too... It wasn't a very exciting race. I mean, I, like I said, I always love it when they go to Auto Club. Auto Club is one of probably my favorite tracks to watch on the circuit. But it was just... Bowman dominated. And Ryan Blaney was doing well. But it just... There wasn't really too much excitement to it. Really wasn't. And then um, for the Xfinity race, Harrison Burden captured his first Xfinity win, son of Jeff Burden, carrying on the family tradition there, and and ran very well all day. Finished, let's see here, finished third in stage one, 
third in stage two and then won the race. So very consistent all day up there. And and, and someone who who I, I thought had a very good race, and Anthony Alfredo. That's finished sixth. How's his name spelled? A L F R E D O. Okay, so it's probably Alfredo. It probably not. It's probably pronounced differently. And so I'm, <laughs> but that's that's the way it looks to me. So NASCAR and NBC they had put out a picture the other day after that had happened, and it only two NASCAR Xfinity drivers to have won on a leap day, and they were both Burtons. Ward Burton in 92 and Harrison Burton. Oh, that's this past neat. Weekend. That, I thought that was pretty neat when I saw that. I was like, okay, that is that is very cool. But that race I rated a little higher. I gave that an 8.4 8. 8. out of 10 because it was unpredictable. The race towards the finish was very good. The excitement was good. And I gave it a 7 for competitiveness. I didn't feel like it was as competitive as the cup race. But 8.4, so still rated higher on the races for me for the weekend. What would you rate the Xfinity it was, it race was, at? It was about an eight. I gave it about an eight. Like I said, it was good. I always enjoy watching Xfinity. I always enjoy just watching the lower series to begin with because it's always nice to see who we have coming up eventually. Well, hold that thought because going on to Phoenix. <laughs> hold that thought. Hold that thought. <laughs> Kyle Busch will be in the Xfinity race. Or you should have said not so fast, but okay. Well, I'm not I'm not Lee Corso. <laughs> I'm not Lee Corso. I'm not going to take his catchphrase. So Kyle Busch will be racing in the Xfinity race this Saturday at Phoenix. Mm-hmm. We're going to Phoenix, and we're going to start off with the cup race, or we'll start off with Xfinity. In the Xfinity race, the person to watch, Kyle Busch has missed, in the five-race average, missed the race in 2015 due to that injury. Average finish of one. Just one. That's average it? finish of one. I don't he, like that. He, I... Didn't have what he finished, but he won the tw- he won last year's race. In fact, everybody but Justin Allgaier is a Cup Series regular. So Kyle Busch won in twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen. Kyle Brad Keselowski twenty eighteen. Justin Allgaier twenty seventeen. Kyle Busch in twenty sixteen. And Joey Logano in twenty fifteen. But Kyle Busch has an average finish in the past five spring Phoenix races of first. Should I put on my shocked face? You should put on. I'm gonna put money on that car. Yeah, to win pretty much. If this was, if we were doing fantasy for Xfinity, if absolutely. I was doing fantasy for Xfinity, Kyle Busch would definitely be on that list. Just four more honorable or people to watch out for for Saturday: Justin Allgaier, average finish of four point eight; Chase Briscoe, average finish of seventh in two starts; Noah Gregskin, ten point five in two starts; and Austin Sindrick, average finish of seven point five in four starts. Like Mary, Larry McReynolds, I have trends and stats. Good. Now for the cup race, got a little pop quiz. Oh boy! I like you know you know me. I like throwing out these pop quizzes. Yeah. When was the first race in Phoenix held? I'll just give you the year. <laughs> and who won it? It was a very iconic race. I'm very bad with history. Well, you're going to kick yourself once you hear it. Oh wait a minute! Hang on, hang on. Can oh. you at least give me the year? Okay, nineteen eighty eight. Oh, 88. Okay, so there's one that doesn't count towards your score mm, overall. Who won it? You're going to kick yourself. Wait, is it an iconic name? It's an iconic name. Bill Elliott. No. Oh, dang it. <laughs> no, Alan Kowicki. Oh, I'm really going to kick myself now. And, and that was the birth of the Polish victory lap. Oh, no. So Alan Kowicki won there the first ever race at Phoenix. Kevin Harvick has the most wins of active drivers, and that is nine. But then... Then you look at the past five years, 
Car- Kevin Harvick's won three out of the five races, one there in the spring. Kyle Busch won in the spring last year, and Ryan Newman in 2017. So 2018, 2016, 2015, Kevin Harvick. Now, people to watch out for in the cup race. At the top of that list again, Kyle Busch, out of the past five races, spring races, missing 2015, average finishes second. Oh, God. I, dang, you know, and I was doing my fantasy lineup today. Well, you can always change it before the race. Oh, I will now. No, I'm not. I won't. Kevin Harvick, the most active driver, win there. Average finish in the past five years of 3.6. Okay. Denny Hamlin, average finish in ninth, won there in the fall last year. Kurt Busch, average finish of 10.6. And Marnie Truex Jr. rounds out my drivers to watch out for in the top five at a 7.8. Okay. I like that. Those are good. Again, tires are going to matter at Phoenix. And yeah. this would be a good little setup for what to expect in the championship race. That's right, because Phoenix is... I think the championship race is going to be a little more intense, naturally, but... So, anyway. let me ask you this. How have you felt now that they changed the track around, and now that we have the start-finish line I like right it. there before the dog leg? I like it. I like it a heck of a lot better. No. No, I don't, I, I don't care where the start-finish line is, as long as it's a good, it's a good race. But you have anything? You have anybody to watch out for this weekend? Now this isn't going to solely reflect on my fantasy lineup, but it might. I just throw that out there. It might. But like you, I have Martin Truex Jr. to watch. I'm going with Hendrick Motorsports this weekend, almost all the way. I think Jimmy Johnson keeps his, you know, trend. I think he's gonna he's gonna do well this weekend. Let's put it that way. I think William Byron rebounds this weekend, and I think Chase Elliott is probably going to be somebody that needs to be watched out for near the front. And then I have Kurt Busch in there, too. So I have a lot of Chevys in my lineup, and then that Toyota of Martin Truex Jr. And yes, that is my fantasy lineup right now. That's not bad. And I have Matt Benedetto in there as well, just as a like one of those dark horses, because he hasn't been doing too bad lately. No, he had a great run in uh, California. He was up there, did really well. I think that team's starting to gel and mold. Yeah, I look forward to hopefully seeing them finally get Win number 100 for the Wood Brothers. I just want to see Mac Benedetto get win number one. Yeah, for himself. That would be really cool. That would be more awesome than the Wood Brothers. Not saying that the Wood Brothers winning 100 races is no small feat. Right. Very iconic team. All right, Preston. Well, if you got nothing else, we're just going to go ahead and jump into this interview with Kyle Summers. I've been looking forward to this since I met him at Daytona. Really good guy up there in Indiana. And we'll just go ahead and get into that. Now in the Marble Fans, we are here now joined with Kyle Summers all the way from Indiana. Kyle, how's it going, man? How's it going good? Thanks for having me on the show. No, no problem, man. Thanks for uh, taking the time out of your busy day to be on the show here with us. Uh, so we met in Daytona and got to meet you and your wife. Uh, just real quick, how do you guys uh, enjoy the race? Oh, the race was awesome. Uh, it was like a once in a lifetime, he's done it. Well, I can't say once in a lifetime, he's done it. He had a thing going back next year, but for what we won, it, it was a life that we won the garage and pit passes through uh, the BJ and the Files motorsports team. Very uh, under budget team, so 
it was pretty cool to see how they they managed the race weekend and um, I don't think I don't know if we'll ever be able to experience something like that again. But definitely, I'm talking about going back to Daytona. It was a really fun time, and uh, the race was very thrilling. No, oh, yeah, it was. It was definitely very thrilling. I'm glad you guys got to stick around even after the rain delay and stuff like that. Here's the way I like to start off every interview with a driver, especially a short track driver that really might be known in a region, but not might not be known around the country. I like to start off with, where are you from? What do you race, and where do you race? I'm from Greenfield, Indiana. It's about 15 minutes east of Indianapolis. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, I race out of Indianapolis Speed Drum. It's a one-fifth mile asphalt little bull ring. It's a little short track. A lot of big name drivers have ran out there. John Andretti was a 1983 midget champion out there. Tony Stewart won his first midget champion. And uh, I had a uh, four-cylinder with a Hornet class. Um, I heard on your podcast, which was really pretty cool, the last interview, I think, driver you had on there was uh, Brian Barnhill. And yeah. I heard he came up from where I was, like the racing style that I'm running right now. Oh, nice. I thought that was pretty cool. And now he, uh, I think he, he's running a late model, some kind of late model class out there at, uh, I want to say, Myrtle Beach. Yeah, he's racing there at Myrtle Beach right now, primarily. So that was pretty cool. It seems like a, it gives me a little boost and a little confidence that maybe there is something out there that if I could get a chance to maybe move up one day. I mean, it's all very hard to try to move up, especially when I'm racing. Like I said, I'm in a four-cylinder Hornet class, which is it's the entry-level class, but it's also very, very competitive at the track that I'm at. But one day, well, my wife's already talking about maybe moving up in a couple of years or so. We've been in it for four to five years on that, going hard at it. But last year, I finished uh, six out of 82 cars, I think it was. And it kind of, I was kind of bummed out, but my wife was like, well, you can't be bummed out of that. That was a lot of cars that you beat. I wanted the top five. That was my goal going into it. Well, I mean, that's still not a bad spot to finish. You think of... I mean, I can't give you the top percentile off the top of my head, but I'm sure it's pretty daggum good when you look at the grand scheme of things. But, yeah, top five, I mean, top ten. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a, that's always a goal, too, especially when we hit the track every weekend. And when we roll out of the garage, that's what we say. Is, uh, we, can get, well, we can get the car home in one piece and also I guess, try to get a top ten, and we'll, we'll definitely gain points on people. You know how that works. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, uh so your your wife Brooke, I um when we talked at Daytona, what does she primarily do? She is definitely my back my backbone of this race team for sure. Well, we get we have sponsors, but sponsors usually just they came on before the 
before the season comes on, they give us all the money and then we'll go out and get what we need. But if something breaks during the season, she's going over there back to go get parts or do whatever. I mean, she, she works the tail off and she's in the garage night and day listening, um, just as long as the kids are too. But I'll tell you what, I wouldn't probably be racing if it wasn't for her because a lot of support comes from her. No, oh, I'm sure it does. It's it can't be a easy sport on, especially the wallet just starting out. And I'm, yeah. sure, I'm sure that's nice to have that support of Brooke behind you. What's your uh, guys' team name? Um, it's BK Racing. We came up with a bad idea because, like like I just said, um, she's the backbone of this whole team for sure. And it, we started out with a B for Brooke and Kyle, and then this one with Racing Fifty Seven. All right, very seven's our number. So fifty seven. Uh, we get a lot of people that ask us, but it's a good saying. That's what it is. Okay. okay. I, I watched on YouTube just trying to do some research on you of where you race, and it does look like a very tight competitive form of racing that you guys do. But in the in the race that I saw, you won. It looked like both heat races. That was a little three or four years ago. I believe that one was. I've only got probably seven, seven or eight heats. Possibly, I, I believe. I've got, last year I got my first, well, it's a feature win, but it was a last chance feature to try to make it into the feature. And I'm yet to get my first feature win. I'm, I'm striving for that so bad. Um, actually, I feel like we're going to have a real strong year this year. we got a lot of new sponsors this year, so hopefully we can try to get our first win. I mean, everybody wants to go to the track and win, but like I said, if we can go and get, a top five or top ten, and it's it's still a good night. But I want that win so bad. Right. Uh, who are your sponsors? You want to give them a quick shout out, real quick. My primary sponsor is Goodson Grinstead Installation. I got Shores Chassis that does all the welding and fabrication on my car, and Cox Hardware Flooring LLC. And that's that's it. That's it. That's oh, it. I'm sorry. Oh. We ended up getting another. He came on board. Uh, Stoney's Liquor, uh, little liquor store out of Indianapolis. And what's it called again? Came on board this year. Uh, it was Stoney's Liquor. Stoney's Liquor. Okay, I'm sure that's yeah. a popular hangout. Well, there. I guess you got to have your liquor. You gotta race there, Some, you know? Sometimes it helps with everything. But speaking of that, I know um, you you know you're an up and comer driver. After speaking to you in Daytona, what's the toughest part that you feel right now in your current stage in your career? You're thinking about moving up to another another level of racing what would say what would you say is not just the toughest part of the transition from one car to another but overall racing well that's why a lot of people in my class right now are scared to move up because for one you're going to go to a bigger motor different tires and you're going to have a whole different setup and i think think a lot of people want the challenge and it's money you know money just costs a lot of money to race that's for sure and if you don't have sponsors it's very tough I think that's why a lot of people are staying down in my class because we got a lot of cars. I mean, we're we're running last chance features just to make it in. And everybody else out there, they're not, they're not, they don't have last chance features. I mean, they got good, we got a good car count, but in all of our classes out there, it's speed them. But um, it's just very tough at the money situation. And I don't, I think a lot of it just comes down to the setup. A lot of people don't know the setup of a car, and so. And so is that, um, when you look at that from your point of view, are you apprehensive at all about the setups or are you willing to take on that challenge? Well, there's both ways. I'm willing to take on the challenge, but 
Uh, I come from a background of knowledge from my family. Uh, my uncle and my dad raised. Uh, my grandpa was a he was a crew chief and he built so many cars over there at Eldora and Speedway. And um, he he's very very smart. So when it comes to a race car, he he knows knowledge like no other. So I feel like I would have have the help and support. I don't know where he got his brains, but he's he's definitely really smart when it comes to working on a race car. All right, so you would say it was probably your dad and grandpa who kind of motivated you to start racing? Yeah, my dad, my, I didn't really get to see my dad um, race. Well, he raced in the 80s, and then and come to find out one day I rolled up. Well, I had a car back five years ago when I got my first car, and my dad, my dad was like, man, I really want to race again. And then next thing you know, my brother showed up to the garage, and he just put his car in the garage, and I'm like, where did you get that car at? And next thing you know, he's loaded up. And then the following week, here comes my dad, and my dad's got a car. So now we're all three racing out there. Oh, very nice. Nice. Yeah, little. it's very fun. It's a very family-friendly thing for us, and Scott and have a good time. Okay, very nice. You, uh, When we were talking, what are your ultimate go- goals? Like, where do you see yourself maybe in the next, say, five years in racing? I don't know if I'll be able to go anywhere. I know there's. I got big dreams that I really, really want to get out there somewhere and race. But, and like I listen to a lot of your podcasts and it's really cool to see where those guys have grown and where they're racing at today. I mean, if I could get in a super late model or something, it'd be pretty cool to be able to travel a little bit. But like I said, dreams are dreams. And, but I always believe in you can strive for them. Is that your ultimate goal? Late models or do you maybe hope to get higher? Well, yeah, everybody wants to get to NASCAR. I mean, if I, well, not even NASCAR. If I could try to get to K&N, K&N, NASCAR K&N series or something like that, that would be pretty cool. Um, or even trying to get to ARCA one day and maybe possibly run for like Vitorini Motorsports or something. It's a big dream for, for sure, though. With that, and, uh, oh, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. You go ahead. No, no, no. You, this is your time. This is your time, Kyle. Uh, well, after, like I said, I, I, we talked before. I, I was shooting you a text or anything, and uh, I had to hang out with the BJ McLeod Motorsports team. And uh, was it three three weeks ago out there at Daytona? I tell you what, I've also been pursuing uh, maybe even going to the NASCAR Institute out there in uh, Mooresville, North Carolina. It's just it just seems like it's racing. If I can't go to racing, then maybe try to pursue somewhere else and try to be on a race team. You know, I really want to strive better and be able to be on a big team somewhere it'd be awesome yeah i know a couple of my friends are on race teams that went to that school um i got a good friend of mine who's on uh christopher bell's team he's a tire specialist and it's a the secret there from what i've seen is networking just volunteer your time and get on a team or get it do yeah. anything i mean be the gopher that's awesome man if you were to do that when would you uh do that i'm not really sure i talked to brooke um it, it would possibly be after this racing season. She's on board with it. My kids are on board with it. And I was I looked at it, I think it was October, going down there in October. But like I said, that's that's not really what I'm thinking about right now. It is, but it's not. You know what I mean, you know? Oh, absolutely. You're you're focused on this next season coming up here. Uh, when, when does the yeah. next season start up there? Um, April, April 5th. Oh, no, April 4th is our first race. Um, next Saturday is actually opening practice. All right. So what do you do to, from what it looked like, you're kind of a street stock series car. 
in a sense. Um, I don't know if it's called that up there in Indy, Indiana. Sorry, I almost said Indianapolis. So I mean, well, that's where we race at, yeah. <laughs> so uh, what do you do to prepare your car for a race? Um, check the tires, make sure the tires are really good. We have uh, right now the car that I'm, I'm actually getting ready to go buy another car today. Brand new. Got to put a got to put a voltage in it. We got the voltage in that racing thing. It doesn't require the fact that we run out here in Indianapolis. Kind of weird. Um, we run in it's called the factory front wheel drive, which a lot of tracks. I don't know, around the country, call it more into a compact. It's it's a factory front-wheel drive class. I know a lot of people get away with a lot of stuff, and you know how NASCAR and everything else is. You can get away with it, it's fine, but that's a lot of the guys out there are really, really fast, and they can't they can't find their stuff that they're getting caught with, you know, they're you know. But it's, and you can run, in my class, you can run in a regular seat. Hey, my first, my brother's first year out there racing, he ran a regular seat, which was crazy, but I ain't no way I'm doing it. But I put a racing seat in my car, and I got everything that a regular race car would have. It just looks stock. Yeah. The series you race in is front wheel factory? Factory front wheel drive. Factory front front wheel drive. I, I, I apologize, I'm dyslexic. Oh, you're fine. So pretty much, in a sense, it, how does that differ from street stock? Or, um, do, or does it? Just, it doesn't really. I mean, street, you're talking about like a street stock race car? Yeah. Like, well, we, we have them at our, at our tracks, the Monte Carlos and stuff, but, I mean, they're just, I mean, you got a big motor, you got V8 motors and everything else, the, the suspension's on them. Like you, like you uh, were talking about earlier, you got all the setups on that. It costs a lot of money to get into that, but that's, that's where my wife wants to go someday. Okay, so um, with with kids and stuff, I've talked to Charlie Herkus, and he has a daughter, but the others, to my knowledge, don't have any children. Does that add an extra level of stress for you as a driver? For me, no, because the two out of the three of my kids love it. They'll live and breathe in the garage, and then they would get a rain delay. It, it doesn't really affect us. And I just want to say, my family, it's in our blood when we go to racing. They know next week we're talking about going to practice. It's going to open up, you know, and my kids are already getting so excited and happy and they're like counting down our first night of the race. Oh, very nice. Okay, so it's just a nice family weekend out at the racetrack for you guys. Yeah, I mean, my mom, everybody goes to track, sister, brother, um, you name it, they're all there. Uh, my mom's yet to miss a race. Ever since I first started racing, she's not missed a race. She might work that day and she's still going to that night and watching the future as long as she watches the race, so. I got to thank my mom for supporting me and uh, just being there every time we're here. Oh, that's very nice, man. That's awesome. How long is your race season? It starts in April. When does it end? We, yeah, we start racing in April, and the there's a point system that quits quit running in uh, September, and then they'll have like a like a full fall festival point thing for, in October. So you can just, it's not points, but just kind of keep running if you want to. After ending up a feature on the class that I run, the factory front wheel drive, um, we have a two-point system. We run in April, May, and June, and the June will have a championship for the first three months. The uh, second three months will be July, August, and September. Or, you know, vice versa, then you not win more. We're, we try to run in April, May, June, try to run full go on it like we did last year, and try to, I, I like to do a little bit of family stuff. We'll end up at the racetrack. <laughs> hmm. 
Okay, so we're gonna sh- I'm gonna shift gears away from family and just go back to your racing experience here. What's the craziest thing that's ever happened to you in a race car? Actually, last year I was running. I was running first, and uh, we was trying to transfer to the, the feature, and I uh, came out of turn one. And next thing you know, this car comes out of nowhere and slams right up on top of me, and climbs over the wall and is right on top of my whole front head. And I just kept going, and I kept going, had a big enough lead, and kept going, and uh, I walked away. And I was a like I said, that was my first feature win. It was the last chance feature, but it's a race that I'll never forget. Yeah, so he it was la- pretty cool. So he landed on top of your hood? Yeah, he, he landed on top of my my hood, and then I just kept going, and he he wow. ended up over there on the side of the wall. It was pretty cool. You, and you won, right? You said you won? Yeah, I won. Okay, well. It was the first first kind of feature I won, and then my life wasn't there. She had some, something going on. Oh, no. Yeah. Ah, the one time, the first yeah, time. The one too. time, yeah. Now she's saying, "Well, maybe it's don't stop. Maybe you'll get your first feature." And I'm like, "No, that's not how that works." No, that's <laughs> absolutely not. That that was a test, and it sounded like you passed, Kyle. Yeah, yeah. So explain to me, because I'm I'm not 100 percent sure on this. How features work? Well, uh, at, at my at my track, the class, like I said, factory front wheel drive. Um, there's nights where we can roll in. 40 cars a night and if if they have a certain amount of cars they they really don't want to start 30 cars in the feature a lot of guys will get really mad like i said we raced on a bull ring track if they can start 25 to 30 cars and then just depending on how many cars come in for the night then they'll run a they'll just run a b feature for the guys that don't run the a they'll just get to run a b feature or sometimes They'll run that last chance feature, and they'll only take two cars out of it. I see how that works. So it's pretty much, it depends on the number of people who show up to the track. Yeah. Week one, we might not have a last chance feature. We might just run straight, straight on all the cars. Run, run from your heat. We, we usually run, because we have so many cars, we'll run um, six or eight, eight heats tonight. And you get points off that. You know, like say, it's like NASCAR, you finish. First, and you have 10 cars and, and your heat, and you finish first, you'll get 10 points. You know how the point system works, it goes on down. Right. So, heat races are very important. A lot of people don't think they are, but they really are. It, it, I mean, the way I had it in my head, because I mean, I've barely gone to any shore tracks, unfortunately. I just don't live close enough around to understand it. The way I had right. it in my head was X number of cars show up, we'll say 20 take the field split in two so you have one race of 10 and the other race of 10 and then the top 10 or the top five from there race for the main race it's kind of like a knockout that's not how it works as much as it is like okay we did have 20 cars you're 20 cars in this and it's just you run heat heat races for your heat yeah holy cow i I mean again i saw the youtube video of you winning a heat race and uh I, there was no room for error. I mean, it looked like you guys were just pack racing. You put 30, to, 30 of those cars on a track. I mean, it, it's chaos. It looks like chaos. Holy cow. It looks like rush hour in <laughs> L.A. or something. Our biggest race is uh, in July, I believe. It's a 200-lap race. That's our, that's our biggest race. Wow. Yeah, it's a big big deal for that. You really want to make that race. We have cars that come from other tracks just to run that race. Wow. And, and do mean, you do it on one set of tires? Yes and no. 
it just like I said, it depends on how you wear and tear. Because now those setups, those bars, you you have to play around on the air pressure, and you get two inches of camber. They only allow you two inches of camber, if you know what that means. Yeah, that's tilting your tilting your wheels in. So you get two inches of that, and that's that's all you get for being the factory front wheel drives out there. Wow. Um, a lot of cars, if you go in there, you don't have your air pressure set right, then um, your right front tire is getting all over, and you're pretty much going to wear it, wear it down, and it's going to come out flat. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, if if the red flag comes out, you obviously can go in and you can get a change. You can change your tire and come back out. But other than that, you you can sit in the infield all, the whole way. Oh wow. Yeah, I mean, camber and stuff, you'll, you'll run through that again in NTI if you decide to go. It's one of those schools that teaches you, like I said, teaches you everything bumper to bumper in a car, and then the electives are NASCAR. So engines, fabrication, that's the place to be. It's kind of like if you want to be a mu- music country music star, you move to Nashville. If you want to be in racing, you move to Mooresville. Right. So, so Kyle, how would people uh, get to follow you on? you have any type of social media account where people can follow you and uh, your racing? Yeah, we got uh, Twitter and we have Instagram. Um, my Twitter account is it's at BK Racing fifty seven, and then our Instagram is BK Racing fifty seven Summers. Um, we also have a Facebook page, which we don't really do a lot of it on there, but you can call it BKR fifty seven. BKR fifty seven. So, okay. Well, that's just not... go ahead and follow me, and uh, you could just shoot me a message anytime. Yeah, I'm mean, hopefully I'm um... trying to get a lot of followers for our our and stuff trying to get out there oh yeah this is the whole point of in the marbles this is the way i wanted to see it to get drivers i've met throughout the country regardless of what they race their name out there and uh ever since we met at daytona i've been looking forward to doing this and looking forward to getting to know you a little bit more and you know definitely wishing you guys the best of luck coming up here in the next few months i know it's going to be a crazy season just again if you what I, what I found on YouTube, I just typed in your name, Kyle Summers Racing, and it was that video of the guy in turn one just pretty much looking at the whole track, just filming it. And, but it was fun. Just here, It would be fun to have one of those tracks around here. I think my closest track is Myrtle Beach. Oh, really? So, I mean, in your class, do you guys just race at that one track you guys race at, or do you race um, anywhere else? We got... We got other tracks that we can venture off to. Um, I'm yet, I'm, I'm honestly yet to try those. Um, I can't do it, but I'd like to go to Anderson Speedway, which is probably um, 20 minutes from us, not too far from us. And then we got another track that they run on Sundays, which, which Sundays are really hard because it's kind of like a rest time before we go back to work. And right. it's just rush, rush, rush. And then you get home late on a Sunday night, but they run on Sunday nights, but they only run once a month. So, um, I would really like to hit maybe both of those tracks this year, but also we'll, we'll see how it, how it plays out. I know our focus is at the Indianapolis Speed Drum, the little bullring there. I'll tell you what, though, if you're ever in town for the Indianapolis 500 or the Brickyards 400, uh, you ought to try and hit the track up. I know a lot of – we could tell when uh, the track and NASCAR and them is going on because that place gets so packed. All the, all the attention coming in for the races and stuff. Oh wow! I mean, it's almost like a sold-out crowd in there. And I think what that big two hundred lap race is in July is that around the the fourth of July by any chance? I don't really know. I really have to look the schedule. I don't have a schedule in front of me, but um, I'm not really sure. It's a good point because NASCAR is going to Indy there in Fourth of July weekend. Yeah, 
That'd be, be that'd be awesome. And hopefully, yeah, yeah I, I'd like to make it back up there. Um, the only time I was in Indianapolis was for the Formula One race in 2004. Gotcha. So, so quite a while ago. Yeah, if you come back up, then we could always meet up. I know we said we're going to meet up in uh, September. I think you're going to Bristol race, right? Oh, yeah. I can't wait then, till Bristol. It's going to be so much yeah, fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to meeting up with you and hanging out a little bit. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll bring down a. Uh, I make sure to bring an extra in the morals T-shirt for you, man. Maybe some All stickers. Right, you could th- awesome. Maybe some stickers you could throw in your car. We, we always put stickers on the car for uh, anybody out there. Little bitty stickers or whatever it be, may be. Then we put them on the car, and it's a little display for us, and also gets their name and business out there. All right, very nice. Well, and you know, at this point, it's more of a hobby. But yeah, absolutely, and that's a good point. For sure. BK Racing Fifty Seven is your Twitter handle. And yeah. and your Facebook page is yeah BKR fifty seven BKR fifty seven okay I'm just making sure oh very nice man that's awesome so I mean uh, so you got testing coming up here Saturday right next Saturday yeah we test next Saturday um, once we get off this podcast we're getting ready to go pick up the new car and uh, go through it and see what really all we need to do I know we have to put the roll cage in before next Saturday uh, put my put my other racing seat in it and just kind of get fitted and make sure everything's right and tie rods and everything's all tightened up and ready to go. I'm not going to worry about getting it all uh, painted up or sheet metal. Just going to go out there and shake it down and then make sure because we're going to Florida the following week, so I won't have no time. Now, what are you going to do in Florida? Uh, we're going to spring break, taking, taking the whole family, and we're going to Destin, Florida and then come back, and then we'll have another test session, and then there'll be racing season. Oh, very nice, man. That's awesome. Well, I mean, that's all I, ha- I have for you right now. But we definitely okay. like to get you back in the show later on down the road sometime, you know, maybe July after the uh, big race and see how you did and see what you, and see that experience, the 200-lap experience. Yeah, that'd be awesome to get, on, get back on the show and uh, talk about it and how it went and everything. Yeah, and definitely – don't be afraid to post pictures on your account and hashtag in the marbles on okay. on any of them so uh, people could see your accomplishments and stuff, man. I'm looking forward to talking to you when you win that big, big first feature, maybe that 200 lapper. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm hoping I'll get that first feature in this year. You know, just, uh, yeah, just to make, yeah, just based on what I saw in Daytona, you have that good determination in order to do it. So I'm, I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing what you and Brooke and all them can do for that team, man. That's awesome. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Yeah, no problem, man. Uh, you take it easy, Kyle, and uh, stay safe out there racing, and we'll talk to you later. All right. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. Again, that was Kyle Summers, and uh, looking forward to his mid-season update here in July to see how he's doing up there. Was uh, Again, nothing but the best of luck to Kyle, and uh, we'll just go ahead and start hitting our final thoughts, Preston. Phoenix, you excited about it? Not excited about it? I'm excited about it. I am too, and I, I'm just looking forward to it. I, I like Phoenix. It, it's kind of was boring, more boring, I feel, with the start-finish line right there in the front straight, but now that it's in that dog leg or turn one right before the dog leg, I think it makes it a lot more interesting. Yeah, a little bit more interesting. All right, so what do you got for us? We're, get, we're going to get to the uh, driver of the week. What do you got for us? Driver of the week. 
is the one, the only William Clyde Elliott, who is everybody knows him as Bill Elliott. Or Awesome Bill from Dawsonville. That's right. Or Million Dollar Bill. That's true. Uh, he was born October the 8th, 1955. <clears throat> in Dawsonville, Georgia. In Dawsonville, Georgia. You guessed it right. How do you know? You know so well. That was a lucky you? guess. Bill Elliott ran an accumulation of 44 races over 13 years in the Xfinity Series, running part-time, running from 1983 all the way up until 2018 when he ran at Road America. In his Cup Series career, he ran 828 races over 37 years altogether. That is a long career. And in those 37 years, he had 44 wins, 320 top 10s, and 55 poles. Some of those wins come in at the Daytona 500. He was a Brickyard 400 winner, a three-time Daytona, um, excuse me, Darlington winner. I don't know why I wanted to say Daytona again. A Winston 500 winner and a Cup Series champion in 1988. Excuse me. Isn't, isn't he the first one to win all the crown jewels in one year, and that's why he got the million dollars? Yes, that is exactly why. And he holds track record at Talladega. I believe it still stands. I don't think it'll ever be broken of 212 miles an hour Yes, at Talladega. Now, Chase Elliott, his son, we all know. Do you know what his name is? Chase. <laughs> it's William Clyde II. Oh. It's just a nickname. Chase is a nickname. So I didn't know that. Yeah, that's a little little something I didn't know either. Which and we, and we saw him win at the Royal Yes, we did. In a very dramatic fashion. Very cool dramatic fashion. Very awesome dramatic fashion. So what do you have uh, for this week in NASCAR? All right, we're going back to 1990. I know I did 1990 last week, but this one I found very interesting. And it happens to be on the day we are dropping this episode, which is March 4th, which coincidentally is my wife's birthday. Oh, well, happy birthday to her. Yeah, happy birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I got something planned. Uh, So Kyle Petty, uh, March 4th, 1990, Kyle Petty wins the GM Goodwin Goodwrench 500 in North Carolina Motor Speedway and pockets $284,550. That includes an additional $220,400 from Unical 76 for the money that goes to the driver who wins the poll and the race. Cal Petty led 433 of the 492 laps and just scooted ahead by a car length of car of runner-up Jeffrey Bodine. And that is your This Week in NASCAR. I thought that was pretty interesting. He just, it looked like he did a, we did a, we had a, a dominating victory and race in Fontana with Alex Bowman. I figured why not do another, cover another dominating victory for This Week in NASCAR. That was a, lot of, a lot of laps led. That's a ton of laps led. Kind of reminds me of Truex Jr. a couple of uh, years ago at the Coke 600. Oh, yeah. Uh, 392, I think it was. 392 of the 400 right. laps. Yeah. And there was the only... The guy was on a rail. Yeah. It was it like was a crazy. slot car race. Mm-hmm. It's like, who's good? The race was for second. Yeah. I, I couldn't believe that when I saw that. But, hey, man, you got anything else for us, man? I know this has been kind of a crazy long episode, crazy schedule. And thanks for everyone out there for working with us on this schedule. But you got anything else for us? Nope. Just uh, the Xfinity Series coming up on Saturday, March the 7th at 4 o'clock. You can find that on FS1. And then the Cup Series will be Sunday at 3.30 on Fox. All right. I'll be there for both. I won't be there, but I'll watch them on TV. Right. But if you have any nothing else, Preston, I guess we'll go ahead and wrap this up. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, our 24th episode. 
getting higher and higher in the numbers there. Thank, special thanks again to Kyle Summers who joined us today. Make sure to follow him on his social media platforms and make sure to follow us on our social media platforms, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just type in Into Marbles and you'll find us. We have polls out every week. And don't forget about that Fantasy League. Yeah, we're about three races in now, but you can still join. For Preston Mood, I'm Matt Beamer. Thank you so much again for listening and have a good rest of your week. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.